Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and today we are talking about the ninth film in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series, which is just called Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which came out earlier this year, 2022. Try anything you cancel, bro. I'm joined by our Texas Chainsaw correspondent, Jordan Ryan. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> and we have a special guest today. Jacob Colness, for some reason, wanted to be on this episode of the podcast. No, I was asked no, to no, no, be no. on this you, podcast. You, this was your idea. You suggested oh, yeah. this. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, don't blame this but, on okay. us. I, I will say that I suggested it midway through watching the movie the first time because I was fairly intoxicated and enjoying it for, for, the, for that time. And no, this was a total surprise um, that that I did get asked to be on the on on the, on the podcast to, to do this episode. I'm because I you know I have never been on any of the previous Texas nope. Chainsaws. It's pretty much just a fact that I have seen the movie, and Ryan knows that I've seen the movie, and that I didn't hate the movie, and Ryan knows see, I didn't hate the movie. See, here's my theory. This isn't the the reason Jacob's on here is because you're not listening to the How to Survive a Horror Movie podcast. You're listening to the Let's Bully Jordan into Liking a Movie podcast because Ryan and Jacob both like this movie and I do not. I will say that I don't necessarily like it in the context that I should like it. All I'm saying is that when I watch it, it is 80 minutes. People get gruesomely killed. Um, Yeah, they do. A lot of really shitty storytelling and yeah, excuses for theme happen in this movie that absolutely do not work whatsoever, as well as the um, the legacy sequelness of it all. You know, it is harmless, weirdly, yeah. For, yeah. for a Texas Chainsaw movie, there are worse although, Texas Chainsaw movies. Although, if you are a, I would say, and this is you know touchy subject, but if you know somebody that is a victim of school you know, shooting or, yeah. or are a victim of school shooting and you find this movie abhorrent and, and vile and, and, and disgusting and whatnot. That is very offensive to you. And honestly, very fair. Yeah. 100% fair. You have all the right to feel that way. No, without a doubt. I uh, would say that there is no good version of this movie that includes that subplot no. whatsoever. They cannot make it work. It needs to be taken out of the film. However, I love the movie. However, (laughs) even with it in it, it is so ignored for so much. This movie is 80 minutes long, and they spend about two and a half minutes total on the school shooting backstory. If that. If that. Yeah. It almost never comes back up. I'd put it at like a minute and a half, honestly. It's like two or three scenes. Two or three, like, seconds. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So, Jacob kind of likes the movie i i i know it's not good but like it's so guilty it's, pleasure no it's, it's not like really much of a guilt yeah it's more junk food okay. I, I it's because you know typically with a lot of these movies i get tired watching them halfway through and just kind of like all right wrap it up with this one because it's so short and because there isn't a lot of dead space in the movie uh, it kind of just goes like the the the, the movie just kind of once once they're in the town and once Leatherface just starts killing people like the deaths that happen throughout and the set pieces and all you know what all the craziness that happens throughout the film it just it it's consistent like the the pace 
doesn't drag pacing ever. is good and yep. by the time that we get to the final showdown it's like oh we're we're here we're, we're at done. the end mm-hmm. we're done almost done so I'll give the movie credit, and I and I also know that this has a insanely mangled production. Um, that the, they shot the, the first, movie twice. They shot the movie twice. The first version of this movie, I really want to see, despite the fact of the fact that it is apparently unwatchable. Release the butthole cut. Maybe they'll do pull an Exorcist on it and give us the original version eventually. Isn't that what they did with Dominion? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe we'll get that. Maybe that'll be that. the next Texas Chainsaw movie. Here's my argument for why I yeah. don't like okay, it. Let's hear it. I. I think it's clear I'm a pretty big fan of this franchise. It's I don't really rank one of the... Okay, I rank... Of the big four for slashers, I rank Nightmare at the very top. Yes, same. And then for me, personally, Friday, Halloween, and Chainsaw, they're all three tied. Okay. okay. Um, I only rank Nightmare highest because Nightmare on Elm Street is my favorite horror movie. So I, I have a love for this franchise. This movie ignores so much of the core elements of a Texas Chainsaw film mm-hmm. that it's it's literally the title is accurate by the strictest legal definition. <laughs> there is a they are in Texas and there is a chainsaw massacre at one point. There is little to nothing about the Sawyer family, which this is supposed to be a direct sequel to the first film. Mm-hmm. So there's little to nothing about the Sawyer family. Sally, I get it. There's 50 years of character development we didn't see, but she feels so disconnected from Sally Hardesty in the first movie that it's just it feels like a different character under the same name. And Okay, Star Wars nerd. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I mentioned that already. I yeah. asked if this is how the Star Wars nerds felt about Luke and The Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, I, I, but that's my biggest problem, is that it ignores what I want out of a Texas Chainsaw movie. So for all the people on Twitter who were like, but the title was accurate, what more did you want? I don't know. Maybe I wanted to see what happened to Drayton. Show me Sally killing Drayton, because Leatherface wasn't the only person who tortured her in that movie. Why has she just got this vendetta against only Leatherface? Sure. It also erases Chop Top, and any type of Bill Mosley erasure is not something I will support. That's yeah. fair. I will argue I am the wrong person to like to have an argument against yeah. this movie because I love the first film, mm-hmm. and I could really care less about the rest. Like that's fair. And and I'm not so much of a franchise diehard in this realm, and so if you put on a Texas Chainsaw movie for me that isn't the original like i everything else completely disconnects for me personally that's fair and i would love to see a, an attempt a real attempt at making a a successor to the original both in theme and character and like substance and whatnot is called is texas, exactly is exactly it's called texas chainsaw 3d yes, but but one but one that's in, that doesn't go in a cl- completely different direction my turn to All talk right. about this movie. Everyone take a drink. <laughs> wow. So, Jordan, firstly, you put an interesting point where you rank the four big franchises. Nightmare number one. Easy. Friday's last. Easy. Okay. So, but two and three is a little tougher for me. I think eventually, I mean, you know, Halloween is second place. Which is a very reasonable take. And Texture's Shades are third, but they're pretty close. Are you forgetting Scream? Uh, the big four. Scream is does not count in this. Scream is the unofficial number five. Yes, it's is the it fifth it's, beetle. Is it because it's a like a, a like a satire? Yes, and it's is, also is from it, a different era. Yeah, that's yeah. more. It's okay. it's the era more. than So we're talking about the eighties, like 70s, the late seventies, eighties. Yes, exactly. The kind of golden age of slashers. Yeah. With along the Texas Chainsaw movies, the ones I really liked besides the original are the, just the batshit insane ones and. 
I just want to have a good time watching these. And boy, oh boy, did this fit the bill. You know, they remind me a lot of Texas Chainsaw 3D, which I'm the biggest fan of in the entire world, probably. And this is it's just a step below 3D, in my opinion. I think it's just so stupid. It makes no goddamn sense. The characters are beyond idiotic. And you know what? I love it for it. <laughs> This movie is so goddamn fun. That's fair. I think I think this movie is smarter than you do. <laughs> I'm not saying it's smart. I just I don't think it's so obnoxiously stupid. You know what? You know what? I'll make a I'll make a fair assessment of this film. I think that the filmmakers that made this movie, or at least saved question mark this movie, salvage salvage the movie, <laughs> they did not care about the history of the franchise. No. They probably saw the first movie and were like, yeah, the kills. I'm not whatever. even convinced they saw the first movie. I, I think, think they saw they, the kill count for the first I movie. I think that they are <laughs> very talented horror filmmakers. Oh, 100%. That knew how to make really cool kills with great prosthetics and great set pieces and inventive little here and there's and also just how to keep a plot moving in, in, in terms of pace. Yes that they could translate whatever they did with this movie to something that actually has a script because this is mostly just like an exercise. This is almost like a sizzle reel Mm -hmm. of just really fun, bloody kills. And I don't think that they were concerned with trying to make anything less than just a kill movie. And that's fair. And that's literally all that they were thinking about. They they did a great job with that. To that job. point, that's where the film excels oh, yeah. the kills. And I don't think that they could fix the script because they had a shooting script. They shot the movie. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out. They would have to completely start over from scratch and spend however many months working on an entirely different movie uh, instead of just refilming what they already had and maybe keeping some shots and certain scenes here and there to like make something cohesive. Right. And there's... I would say that it's way more cohesive than the IMDb trivia page would leave you to believe before you <laughs> yes. actually watch. Because that thing is filled with terrible, terrible, terrible stories. Well, still, Jordan, I, I'd like to know, uh, what is your ranking of the nine Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies? Let me pull up my Letterboxd account All right. because I have it. I've put And it what letterbox. is your Letterboxd account? <laughs> uh, we'll get to that at the end when we plug okay. our socials. <laughs> so my ranking, I actually have this uh, second to last. So, okay, second. Um, so I've, it, it, it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, number one, OG, the GOAT, never going to be beat. Mm-hmm. And then Texas Chainsaw 2. And then my hot take of Leatherface, uh, because yep. I like the little kind of Devil's Rejects inspired, just gets it away from the trap that most of this franchise falls into of just being remake after remake. And then Texas Chainsaw, the 3D one, is in my top four, Ryan. It's number four. I, it is inoffensively bad. It is... Better than most of the sequels. It'll insult your intelligence, but that's about it. Yeah, well, you know what also insult your intelligence? Number five, Texas Chainsaw, The Next Generation. Yes, it's true. And then my next, my other hot take is that the remake and its prequel are six and seven okay. out of nine. I'm not a huge fan. There's some cool technical elements in the remake, but just doesn't do it for me. It's It's a far inferior product than the first movie. Didn't need to exist. Didn't need to be remade. It's probably my least favorite of the big four remakes. Agreed. And then number eight is this one, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and number nine, the bottom of the barrel, one of the worst horror movies I've ever seen, Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. I'll go the uh, original, two, 3D, of okay. course. Uh, this one, okay. fourth place. Uh, then I'm going to go the beginning. The beginning! <laughs> Leatherface. Then uh, the remake, 
and three, and then four the next generation. Okay. I cannot contribute to a full <laughs> ranking of the, the nine Texas Chainsaw yep. movies. I can only say that I love the first one. It's really great. I think that the remake is fine. Mm-hmm. It has like a really cool shot in the mm-hmm. beginning of it that yep. was like, oh, there was a director here somewhere. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember much of the prequel to the remake. I just remember watching it and realizing at that moment that, oh, not every scary movie is scary. <laughs> like, oh, I, I, I can actually watch these and have no reaction. Texas 3D is absolutely the dumbest, one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen. You said like whether, the bad thing. Whether, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I'll give you that. Like, there are times where you make a fair argument, Ryan. This is not one of them. <laughs> I have not gone back to it to reassess, but I, and I don't think I want to, but you know. Um, I'll give you I'll give you credit that you do put up a fair argument. <laughs> and the fact that I'm arguing for this movie, maybe maybe if I did go back I would have a softer opinion, but you I have should. seen I have seen that movie, the 3D movie twice. I did like it like a hair. I like the same way that Jordan's reacting to this movie right now is like how I reacted yeah. to Texas 3D on a rewatch. It was like it's still just not I mean, it is still pretty terrible. I think what like, stands out for me about Texas Chainsaw 3D is that it's the most human Leatherface we've ever gotten. Yes. Where he just feels all these really human emotions that aren't the only three emotions Leatherface has ever felt, which are anger, fear, and horny. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just, I think it's inoffensively bad. I think it would be better if it wasn't shot for 3D. Are you kidding me? But. <laughs> he I, throws a chainsaw at the camera. But it fixes the problem that. It has of erasing Chop Top because they bring back Bill Mosley to be Drayton. Yep. And it gives us a very human Leatherface that I actually felt sympathy for. I don't usually yeah. feel sympathy for Leatherface just because he's a, like a dumb animal. But no, this was a, this was like a scared puppy sure. uh, Leatherface that we got in Texas Chainsaw 3D. Well, should we jump into this movie finally? This I is guess our so. longest intro ever, I think, for any podcast. As it should be. As it should be. That's what happens yeah. when for you the put... sh- For one of the shortest movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, oh, I feel like this podcast could be longer than the movie. That's what happens when you put three film students in front of a microphone. Yeah, because we're going to talk about the film elements of yes. this, of, of this uh, movie. Spoiler alert for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. If you've not seen the movie, I would recommend it. I don't know if the other two would. Sure. it's Here's the thing. It's on Netflix. It's 80 minutes. Yeah. If you like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you may as well watch it. Even if you don't like it, you're out less than an hour and a half. Yeah. It's fun. It's free if you have there's, Netflix. There's, there's good kills, shit writing, which is pretty par for the course. Yeah. I would say, though, if you don't have Netflix, I would not use this as the no. time to get it. No, do not. I, I wouldn't. wouldn't. Especially at the prices that they've got no, going yeah, right fair. now. You don't need to get Netflix back. <laughs> Steal your friend's Netflix password uh, before Netflix stops that. <laughs> so the point of this podcast, we're going to be going through the plot of this movie, beat by beat, decision by decision, to see if we need to add any new rules to the master list of rules that we've created on how to survive horror movies. So, spoiler alert for that. You can check out the current list of rules on our Twitter account, at HowToHorror. We have 59 rules, and we're going to see if we need to add any new ones from Texas Chance of Massacre 9. I think we need to add 10 rules. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, so, once again, spoiler alert. You guys ready to do this? Let's go. All right. The movie begins at a gas station in the middle of nowhere, Texas. We are introduced to our main protagonist, Lila. And over the course of the movie, in very brief snippets, we're going to learn Lila is a survivor of a school shooting. I will already bring up the first flaw, story flaw of this movie, structurally at least. 
she is brought up as the protagonist. But we spend way more time with her sister. Yeah, we do. Yep. She, her sister has so much more screen time that like Lila almost kind of bookends yep. the movie rather than She's the beginning, throughout. she's the end, yeah. Melody's the middle, kind of. And it seems like with her backstory that she would be the main character, but I do wonder if stuff was cut out. Could be. Uh, according to the Wikipedia page, she's an amateur photographer. We didn't what? Get, we didn't get any of that. They don't know. Well, she's a dolphin trainer? What? <laughs> we don't see her with a camera at all. That's what the dolphin pen meant. <laughs> so she's got like some PTSD about guns and stuff. Uh, re- understandably so. We're going to get a couple of like flashbacks of her laying in her school with bodies all around her. And she's got a she's got a scar that gets referenced frequently from where she got shot. So It is offensive. Yep. Yep. But it's <laughs> so poorly handled. But that I laugh my ass off. I feel like it's one of those things where you're like in shock and yeah. laughter is the only emotion you can it's use. The, it's it's the scene in Veep where where Selena is it's the it's the gif or whatever of the uh, what the fuck and yeah. just, <laughs> it's it's the laugh what the fuck. Yeah, it's like a laugh like like of shock. That's yeah. what it is. So that's Lila, there's not much else to her character. Just like how Sally Hardesty laughed at the end of the first movie. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she's at this gas station, which is Texas Chainsaw Massacre-themed gas station. <laughs> okay, I love it. They they have these mugs and these posters that are just, I chainsaw Texas, and Hell, I want yes. them. I want I, all of them. We should absolutely chainsaw Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so this store has like a documentary playing all about like the original movie. And, and this movie ignores all the sequels. It's just a direct sequel to the original. Yep. Again, Bill Mosley Erasure. <laughs> we talk about uh, the only survivor, Sally Hardesty, played by different actress now because the original actress, Marilyn Burns, died. Um, she did, but this actress lo- looks the part. Yeah. The new Sally is played by, I, I cannot pronounce this name. I am so sorry. It's a very Irish name. Mm. Olwyn Foyere? Well, uh, she, I'm she, so sorry. She looked the part. Yeah. This, this was a reasonable recast. Um, And I will say that she has shown up in Midsummer. Okay. She's one of the cultists. And then she's also in re- in theaters right now, The Northmen. Oh, no, Mandy. It was yeah. Mandy. She's in Mandy. Mandy. I, I I said Midsummer. I meant to say Mandy. And then she's also in The Northman. Yep. Yep. Nice. She pulls off the casting. Yes. Like, like you wouldn't know that it wasn't the original yeah. actress if you no. didn't know that the original actress is dead. Yeah, exactly. We're going to, we'll get more into Sally later, but uh, so Lila's at the <laughs> so gas station. So the film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Lila, she ends up buying a corkscrew that it has a chainsaw, like it's a cor- chainsaw corkscrew. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I want one. And then we also meet the gas station owner very briefly named Herb. And, you know, he's just Texas gas station owner. Uh, he'll, he'll be a little bit relevant later. And then we're also introduced to Lila's sister, Melody, and they're friends. So so Melody is like a, a chef. She's like a she's a, like a social media person, I yeah. think. So she and uh, her partner, uh, a guy named Dante. Who is the chef. Yeah. The so, cook. So Dante, and that's funny, <laughs> didn't catch that. So Dante is a, a cook and Melody, they're like social media personalities or something. It's, I, I don't know, I guess I don't understand. From, from my understanding, the, uh, he, he has a food truck and Melody like helps him run the social media end of things. He kind of became a mini influencer. Yeah. And now they're inviting the influencer. Yes. Um, and they're inviting these other influencers to the small, kind of abandoned town Nearly of, abandoned. of Harlow, Texas. What'd they say? Seven hours from Austin? Yep. Yeah, middle of nowhere. Just uh Texas. Yeah. And they have bought up this town, like almost all the property in like the the downtown area of Harlow. And what they want to do is 
auction off to all these like investors and influencers and then they're going to gentrify this town and make it like a a mecca for yeah. liberal influencers as the as the gas station attendant calls them gentrifuckers gentrifuckers mm-hmm. and so that is their plan this crazy ass plan to turn this ghost town into and it's seven hours away from anything yep what <laughs> it's quirky and fun and left-wing yeah, I guess. You're not wrong. So Melody, she's kind of like the uptight, like Annie from Community type, uh, you know, control little bit. freak. A little less, bit. Less likable. Uh, significantly. She is terrible. <laughs> I can't stand Melody. And then Dante, he's there. He exists. And Dante's fiance is also there. Her name is Ruth. And she- You're sure? She's a character, I guess. She's her, She has a name? Yes. Not just my future wife? My future wife. Dante is black, which is important because, you know, Texas, there's some racial connotation stuff going on. Everyone else is white. But yeah, those are the main four. I, w- I want to say our main cast, but like some of them are not main no. cast members. They're just dead meat. <laughs> and then this giant truck pulls up. Um, classic huge truck. Melody makes a joke like, oh, is he compensating for something? <laughs> <laughs> and we meet Richter. Classic Texan. He's got a gun on his hip. and He's he- got a flag on his hat. Yep, he just just Texas stereotype. Yeah. He's driving a big lifted diesel truck, and Melody is talking shit, making jokes. Okay, you can do that, but make sure he can't hear you because he does hear her, and he he confronts him. Yeah, he's like, uh, you know, we have wild hog infestation. You gotta shoot him. Yeah, the the best way to get rid of an invasive species is to kill him. And he, it, I think he also knows they're the gentrifuckers because yeah. it's very like pointed. So for Melody. You know, rule number four, don't be a menace. Just don't be rude. Be careful. You can disagree with guns and huge trucks. You don't need to tell him that to his face. Yeah. He could be crazy. Be careful what you say and how you say it. Rule nine. the unofficial rule, it costs nothing to be nice. Costs nothing to be nice. You don't have to say anything. You just get in your car and drive off. Yeah. Boom. Especially since in, like, ten minutes we're going to learn that this is actually the contractor they hired (laughs) to help get the town ready for the auction. Yep. They get to Harlow, and lo and behold, there's Richter. Beat him into town. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and they hired him to help get the town ready for this auction. So, uh, yeah, this this should be fun. They do notice that one building has a Confederate flag flying from it. Oh, boy. Great. And so, like, okay, well, we need to take that down before the investors get here. That's fair. So they go to this old building, which turns out to be an old orphanage, to go get it down. And they can't quite reach it. And it turns out there is a woman living inside named Ginny. Played by Alice Krieg. Yep, Alice Krieg. She's in stuff. Yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek. Um, She was uh, the witch in uh, Gretel and Hansel. That's right, Gretel and Hansel. Oh, okay. So Ginny claims, like, hey, I know I still own this. And they're like, no, you don't. You got to leave. You got to get kicked out. She's like, no, I I settled all that with the bank. They're like, okay, can we see the documentation? I don't have to show you shit. Which is accurate. Yeah. They can come back with a warrant. Yeah, come back with a warrant. And here's the thing. She's right. Yep. <laughs> Another little random subplot, but uh, she claims she has the title. We find out in like an hour. She does. She actually has the title. So here's what's crazy. So Dante and to some extent Melanie, they worked with a bank to buy up all this land and they're going to auction it all off, right? How did this get fucked up? They, they, the bank helps organize this auction. They bring all these people out here, yet they don't own the entire town. How did that not get through to everyone? How did this happen? 
Like, who fucked up this bad? Some poor teller who was just excited to get a bulk sale of all this land off the bank's chest. Because some miscommunication happens. Because even when the cops get called in a little bit here, they think that Ginny doesn't own the building anymore. That's what they were told. Yep. So the bank, Dante, Melanie, the cops, all of these people fucked up so hard and caused this horror movie. So rule number three is do your damn job. Yeah, early contender for Night of the Living Pleb is whoever the fuck gave them all the titles for this town. <laughs> and the other one is uh, Rule 58, communication is key. Who fucked up? And we don't know. We have no idea who No, it, who it barely up. gets talked about beyond uh, the plot about finding the title later. But Ginny's not the only resident of this orphanage. It's our boy Leatherface. Bubba's back, baby! <laughs> I don't know if his name's Bubba in this continuity. I'm just going to assume it is because he's if he, if it's from the first movie, he's still a Sawyer. He's not a Hewitt or whatever the fuck else he gets named later on. How how old is he by now? Um, if this is 2022, 70 probably easily, which he does not look 70. Uh, he's got a maybe beard. late 60s. Maybe yeah. I would I mean, peg him about late 60s. If um, people that live out in the sun like that, though, I mean, mm-hmm. usually their skin gets. Pretty wrinkly, pretty, yeah. pretty old. They look a little bit older unless they, like, you know, get it's, work done. But It's hard to say because in the first movie, we're really given no hints as to how old Leatherface is. Leatherface yeah. could be 16 in that movie, well, for all it's we a know. Better, it's a better representation of age yes. in a Texas Chainsaw movie than the uh, previous infamous mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw 3D. If this were in the same continuity as Texas Chainsaw 3D, we could use Leatherface as a benchmark, but... It's not, so we really have no idea. Yeah. Could be could be a lot of different things, but it's 50 years since the previous movie, so mm-hmm. then you, you can do the math. What? So this movie takes place years. in 2023, yeah, then. so next year. Hey, wow. hey, nobody go to Harlow next this year. The, we're, we're seeing into the future, gents. I yeah. mean, they had the auto-drive cars. Yeah. Everyone's got those now. So Dante ends up calling the cops. Okay, sure. You gotta get this sorted Reasonable. out. Reasonable. Reasonable. So we have the sheriff and the deputy. They end up showing up. And they believe that Ginny doesn't own the house, so they're going to just take her out of the house. This is a lawsuit. Yep. Uh, I think Jacob's the one who mentioned it. Leatherface, very cooperative with law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Well, Ginny ends up collapsing. I think uh, like she has a heart attack or something because she's very unwell already, and all this, this stress and pressure causes her to collapse. So they put her in the back of the police van, and the two cops, Leatherface and Ruth, all get in the van and they drive off. Why does Ruth go with? I've seen this movie twice now, and I don't get that. Well, Melody or Dante originally wanted to go with, but at the same time... The, the influencers showed up. All these investors... I do remember here. that, and then Ruth's like, no, no, they're, they're here to see you too. I'm going to go with, but why do I have any of you have to go with to begin with? I don't know. Maybe they just feel like there's some sort of legal thing they got to sort out. I guess, and to be fair, there is no indication of horror movie at this yeah, time, no. so there's no reason to for, for there to be a rule break from this. It's just confusing. Maybe Ruth is like, I'm going to be so bored at this auction. I'll just go with. <laughs> Ruth's actually like, this is the most exciting thing that could possibly happen. <laughs> we don't know. Um, but they are going to take her to the hospital. That is the plan. And it is really weird to see Leatherface interacting, you know, silently, but normally with people. He picks up mm-hmm. uh, Ginny and puts her in the van. He just gets in the van with her. It's weird. Felt very much like uh, Rob Zombie's Michael Myers in yeah. the remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thyla's like, uh, I, this place sucks. I'm not going to move here, by the way. Like, even if, uh, Melody, even if you buy like a place here, I'm not going to move in with you out here. This place is terrible. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> yeah, she goes off to hang out with Richter, and we yep. get a little 
insight into her past yep. really offensive backstory that goes nowhere. Yeah, she's chilling with Richter for a little bit. And uh, in Melody's mind, allegedly sleeps with him. Yeah, oh, that was a quick five minutes. Jeez. <laughs> yep. Anyway, in the police van, Ginny ends up dying. And that sucks for she, everybody that She does there. tell Leatherface to behave and to not go in her room, both of which he is going to ignore. Yes. So uh, he's, like, trying to get her, like, gas tank started up again. It, she's dead. And, like, the deputy's, like, puts his hand on So this is a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, stop. And he gets pissed, breaks the deputy's hand with this. this in half. The bone is yeah. sticking out. And then he stabs the deputy in the neck with his own bone. It's the best individual kill of this movie. I will take no it's, arguments. It's a little bit reminiscent of that kill in that Mortal Kombat movie where, little the, bit. where he like slices off the ice person's hand and then stabs him with little the ice. Little bit. <laughs> the difference being Leatherface is cooler than anyone in Mortal Kombat. True. Agreed. Agreed. Not except a good for, movie Mortal Kombat. Except for when he was a DLC character in one of the games. I don't remember which, but I know it was he was in one of them. So for the deputy, well, I guess he's not quite dead yet because the deputy is going to pull out his gun and try and shoot Leatherface. Yep. Okay. Rule 22, take the shot. During the struggle, the gun goes off and hits the sheriff who's driving the car yep. in the neck. Which, to be fair, he's basically he's in a cramped backseat with Leatherface. I'm not going to give him a rule break for that. Yeah, I'm no rule breaks for the deputy. No, none. Mm. He had no chance. No. By the time he knew he, he was, was in a horror movie, there was a he bone was in, in his a throat. he was with a in the cage with a caged animal. He's there, fucked. There are characters in horror films that were not in horror films. Until, like, the minimal screen time that they have, and then they get killed. Yep. Yep. You know, like, the, the just the small... They're almost cameos. I think but, everyone in this van is in that situation. He was probably in some other movie, took a wrong turn, <laughs> stepped into this one. I like to believe died. that he was in one of those, like, CEO boss babes moves back to yeah. small town, falls in love with small town sheriff movies. Yep. Like his life was a romance movie until he answered this call. Yep. <laughs> That'll happen. You could be in a random movie and all of a sudden a horror movie starts. How to survive a romantic comedy. It's coming up next. It's the news, the side podcast. Oh God. Someone else can host that one. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the car crashes, um, but rule one for the bleeding out sheriff and for Ruth, who gets knocked unconscious in the car crash. Everybody's in a horror movie now. Yep. So uh, before the crash happened and before Leatherface attacked, uh, Ruth did manage to send a text to Melody saying Ginny died. So Melody, the old woman died, ellipsis, exclamation point. Unnecessary. <laughs> uh, so Melody gets the text, and so she's really upset. She just wants to leave. Okay, kind of, kind of ruins the mood mm-hmm. when someone when death comes along, and so she goes and gets Lila and, and tells Lila, "Hey, Ginny died," and Richter overhears all this. So he's gonna be pretty pissed about that. Ruth is gonna wake up in the van, still rule number one for her, and she sees Leatherface cutting off Ginny's face out, and then they're in a sunflower field, and Leatherface uh, just chopping away, taking off Ginny's face, needs a new face. Yeah, Ruth, you're in a horror movie. <laughs> she is gonna try and get some help out here by. Uh, Using the radio, which is going to work. Yeah. Ruth's not going to live long enough for the this to pay off, but she does try and get help out. The here. radio it, picks up nice whispers, though. Like, mm-hmm. she's she's barely making noise, but it's coming through pretty, pretty clear. She's, think, she's a tough spot. I think there's only one better move, and we kind of talked about it during the movie. She should have taken this point to get out. She should have gotten out of the car and gone and hid in the sunflower field. Get out! Roll up and get out. I guess we have the benefit of knowing how Leatherface operates. I don't see Leatherface diverting 
too much. He'd he'd give a little bit of chase, but I think the second she's hidden in the sunflower patch, he loses interest and goes back to getting his mom's face. I think there's an easy fix, and I talked about this during the screening. All we have to do is one quick shot. Ruth has broken her ankle. Yes. Easy. Yep. Bone sticking out. That'd, that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Another bone in that scene. You'll love it. Yeah. They blew all their bone budget uh, on, the, on the deputy. We have one bone. <laughs> we got no more bones. Um, another option is she's sitting ranks to a sheriff in Texas. Take his gun. That bothered me, too, because she, she like starts trying to climb over him to get out the window before Leatherface appears on the other side and breaks the window, drags her through. I, I was thinking the same thing. Why isn't she going for the gun? Shoot the guy, boom, you live. Rule five, lock and load. Got to do the headshot. Yep. She's going to get through on the radio. Uh, to Herb at the gas station. Herb is going to pass, because uh, she's going to mention, he's, he's taking off her face. He's taking his face Which off. fires off a red flag in Herb, and he calls, uh, Sally. calls Sally Hardesty, who we didn't really mention it before. She became a ranger she's a after the ranger. events of the first movie, and she's been hunting Leatherface for 50 years. Terrible bladder job. Very much so. Again, did she kill Drayton's and Grandpa? Maybe. The movie doesn't even pretend they existed. So they, they kind of rip off Halloween 2018, Sally's kind of Lori Okay, they completely do it. <laughs> She's just a less competent version. It's, it's crazy that in 30 years, though, that because she's connected with the what the sheriff or whatever that was in that town that alerted her about uh, the Yeah, right? Herb must her, have called Dispatch. Her, yeah. Dispatch calls her. Like, 30 years have went by, and Leatherface was there the whole time. Ginny the just, entire time. Ginny just really kept him well-behaved at the orphanage. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that explains they, why he, he his skin hasn't aged. He's been inside the whole time. There she doesn't you want go. to much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe she doesn't recognize him without the leather face. <laughs> and he took it off to for be those fair, 30 years. Herb does mention that, that she doesn't know what Bubba looks like. It's hard to hunt him down when you don't know what his face looks like. It's true. It's true, he could be anybody. Even us. Yeah. <gasps> Leatherface was hosting the podcast all along. <laughs> but Ruth, she's going to poke her head out of the car. Just the other thing she could have done, because the sheriff's going to wake up for a moment. And uh, Leatherface hears this. He comes over and beats the sheriff to death. Yeah, he got shot in the throat. He had no yep. But while that is happening, she's going to follow very briefly. Rule number 23, no one to play possum. She just pretends to be dead or unconscious. Oh, yeah, she does. She could have just kept doing that. She should have. Would have been a better option than what she did. I'm just going to take a quick peek at her to see if he's there. What does that accomplish? I will say that like she had opportunities to run. She didn't take yep. them. I don't know if it would have worked, but she had the opportunity. I will also say, after her inevitable death, let's not pretend she's going to survive this nope. movie. Leatherface does admire her face. Yeah. If she continued to play possum, she might have gotten dragged right out next to Ginny and uh, gotten defaced while alive. True. Mm-hmm. There's that risky run. But it's still, I think, a better move than, than poking just staying that. still. Yes. Yeah. my head out. Because at least when he's dragging you out there, that'll give you an opportunity to collect yourself and try to run then. Ultimately, what does turn in, I think, is Rule 26, don't give away your position. Yeah. But there were other options and better options for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ruth uh, gets killed, gets uh, sliced up with a piece of glass. Bye-bye, character that definitely has personality. Bye-bye, character who is named only in the credits. <laughs> so Richter... He had heard that the old lady died. He's not sure what 
the legal status of the house was. He's pissed about this. He doesn't like all these yuppies coming in and taking people's houses. Nah, he doesn't like being told what to do either. Yeah, I don't like being told what to do. Especially by uh, self-righteous city folk. Shut up, Richter. Yeah, so he uh, yanks the keys to uh, the car that the gentrifuckers came in with and then goes into this big party bus and yanks the keys from there. Yeah, because all the investors came in on a big party bus. So he's going to hold them hostage until they're able to prove that they own the deed to the house. Yep. To which we find out it must have gotten left back in the office in Austin. Uh, Richard, you have no legal authority here. All of this was very poorly handled. I would everybody's argue, part. It, it was. I would argue that with the only cops for probably about fifty miles dead, and Richter probably being the only person with a gun, he is he is the law right now. I mean, yes. If, when you're in the middle of nowhere, Texas, the person with the biggest gun is the law. <laughs> you have a good point. Cops aren't dead. He really shouldn't be sticking his nose into this, right? You know, I think he's trying to look out for the older lady. Um, which is admirable in a way, but Rule Thirty don't be a good Samaritan, especially to a dead person. Yes, uh, that's the worst. Person, the worst time you can be a good Samaritan because it doesn't matter anymore. But he's going to take the keys um, and demand to see the documentation. So Dante checks his folder of, of documents he's got with doesn't have the deed for that one. He's like, oh, we must have left it at the office in Austin. Some of them came in later, and I'm, maybe I forgot it, or you never got it, and you yep. should have checked, you dumbass. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it's so bad. But, hey, Layla has the best idea. If we have it, it can't be in the house. So we'll go check the house. We'll check the house, and if it's not in the house, then clearly we do own this property. That's not how that works. It's funny that there is a school shooting subplot in this movie, and it's still not the worst. Like... (laughs) It's not the dumbest like, thing in the movie. It's it's yeah no the the deed thing could work in a better script but like all of this is just so uninteresting. Yes. See what's interesting is I find this kind of thing like just so like stupidly fascinating. Like I'm like really like it's like watching a car crash like the most world's most boring car crash. Like I'm just staring at it like really. This is what's happening. The mental gymnastics like they go through to not have Ginny's blood on their hands is pretty entertaining. Yeah. So Melody and Dante, they're going to go uh, check out the house and try and find if this uh, the deed is there or whatever. And Sally, meanwhile, uh, Texas Ranger Sally, she's finally going to get the call. And she's going to lock and load and, and head out and, and go track down Leatherface on, on her own. Rule 12 is wait for backup. Don't go to... D- no, you don't go face off against the serial killer on your I own. I think this is more egregious because Sally has done this alone already. She mm-hmm. did it alone 50 years ago, and she barely got away with her life. Bring some more Texas Rangers with. Mm-hmm. You know, call Walker Texas Ranger. Well, she thinks she's so tough. She got her gun in her hat. She is pretty tough. She's, she's also fairly very, tough. She's pretty dumb, though. You know, I feel like this would be a really easy fix, too, if we just established that she went back to the house and killed Drayton. If if we have it established that she killed the rest of the family. And like maybe a cool open is uh we get Bill Mosley back to play yep. Drayton. Yep. And we get grandpa. And then the opening is Sally goes in and kills the two of them. And exactly. One left. And and yeah, so that's why she's got this kind of main character god complex. Hey, uh rule whatever it is, don't be the main character. <laughs> don't assume you're the main that is a good point. And then, and then she, yeah, she'll kill them, and then she realized that, oh, where's Leatherface? He's not here, because he's at the orphanage being raised like a good boy. <laughs> he's he's the one big kid in the class. <laughs> and apparently he hasn't murdered anybody in 50 years, so yeah. I don't know. 
So just, yeah, it her character and justification makes a lot more sense if you go, if you turn the clock back and have her already get her revenge rather than just be revenge hungry for 50 years. Sure. Uh, uh, rule yeah. 50 is don't assume you're the main protagonist. Sally 100% assumes she's the main protagonist. Because yep. this is a legacy sequel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Laurie Strode was the protagonist in Halloween 2018. She watched Halloween 2018. She's like, this is me. It's, it's my almost turn. like It's almost like if, it, if we had that Scream sequel where um, Sydney was not called back to handle everybody's shit, mm-hmm. that she intentionally came back her on her own without anybody asking her. Yep. yep. Like, and, it, and it's like, no, 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 no. you're you fine. You, you survived. You're good. Live your life. Do not need to come back. Yeah, so Sally is going to seek out and enter this horror movie of her own free will, and that is something we very much condemn on this podcast. Yes. Do not walk into a horror movie. Especially alone. If the, Don't open the door. Don't walk through it. If Laurie Strode bangs on your front door asking for help, you turn the porch light off and then you hide. Yeah. Uh, I do want to shout out Herb here, the gas station owner, because he follows rule number 30, don't be a good Samaritan. He's going to get the call and yet he's going to pass on the news like, hey, somebody could be in trouble, but he's not going to go out and help them himself. I'm just going to stay here in my safe gas station. What we don't see is him turn the gas station sign to closed Lock the door, shut off the lights, and hunker down. Okay, but imagine here. We're in Texas. This is a gas station. What if he hunkers down in his gas station and Anton Chigurh walks in? Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, the Nobody's Texas Chainsaw safe in Multiverse. Te- Nobody's safe in Texas. <laughs> That's a good tagline. Uh, when we write Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Not everything's bigger in Texas. Nobody's safe in Texas. Uh, when we write Texas Chainsaw Massacre 10, that'll be our tagline. Yes. By the way, Texas government sucks. Yes. So yeah, Dante and Melody go into the, the old orphanage and they search it. Melody is going to find the deed. Ginny was telling the truth. They they fucked up big time. They're lawsuits. Yeah. What if it just turns into a legal case like the rest <laughs> of the movies? I, no murder, just legal. Leatherface uh, takes the stand. Yeah. Unironically, Leatherface goes to Washington. <laughs> unironically, I would love that. I, you know, my the, one other genre besides horror movies I love is legal thrillers. I'm a huge legal thriller fan, so I would love a Texas Chainsaw legal thriller. Yes. Just like a John Grisham, like a absolutely, I, I'm a sucker. James for those. Patterson, the best idea ever. So Dante's in the kitchen and hears a noise. Um, he's gonna go check it out. You could assume it's Melody. It's a creaky house. Melody might have bumped something upstairs. I don't, but he he seems to think something weird's going on. So good for Dante, I guess. Mm-hmm. He's gonna notice that Leatherface is in the reflection of what, a pot and pan, potter pan behind him, and he's just gonna be like, "Nope, I'm gonna try and run out of here." Rule twenty eight: Run, bitch, run. Run, bitch. Unfortunately, he gets yanked back and uh, mortally wounded with a a slash to the face and throat. Yeah. Pretty big slash. Dante had no chance. No. Apart from the fact that all of this legal stuff with the deed uh, was so poorly put together Mm -hmm. that, you know, besides the do your damn job and communicate, which you could throw at a lot of the characters of this movie, I don't really have anything for Dante. Not Mm -hmm. really, no. He's not quite dead yet, but he's fatally wounded. Yeah, no, he he is on his track to death. Uh, victim of circumstance. Yep. And Melody sees that, he, him laying on the ground, assumingly dead. So she's going to go hide in the closet upstairs while Leatherface, he's noticed there's a big party bus outside. Got to take care of that. <laughs> the kids are out in the lawn. <laughs> yep. God, got to get those kids off my lawn. They're making noise. And he's going to go knock down a wall to get his chainsaw out from a wall that Ginny must have hit it in. It's been there for 50 years. It's all ready to go. Fuck yeah, dude. I wonder what he did wrong in that orphanage to have his chainsaw be taken away. (laughs) 
You stole the pie that was for dessert. No chainsaw privileges for you. You <laughs> killed Timmy. <laughs> you cut him up. We can't have that. No, Bubba. Bad. So we get a thunderstorm rolling in. Love it. It's just it's the quickest thunderstorm rolling yep. ever. All the I all the investors what? and influencers get fucking corralled from the lawn into their party bus like pigs to the slaughter. Is there really even? I mean, like I remember it getting dark. There's some rain. Is there some rain? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, when Dante st- and Dante stumbles out of the house, that's when it's raining. And Richter, and then I, we haven't really mentioned her yet, but like the, the the bank representative who's here helping to put all this on is a, a woman named Catherine. She's a woman. She exists. So, so Catherine and Richter, they find Dante with his face just mutilated. Yeah, it looks like Two-Face. Yeah. A little bit. And they're in a horror movie now. And Richter's going to be like, all right, you go get everyone on the bus and just, just stay there. How about you give them the keys back, Richter, so they can leave? Mm-hmm. You fuck. Toss him the keys. Tell him to get these bitches out of here. And he's going to grab his gun and just go into the orphanage himself and deal with the problem. He does lock and load. He does lock and but load. But he does not wait for backup. Stupid asshole. So he's going to go into the house. Melody's hiding under the bed at this point. They hear him coming. Leatherface is going to hide behind the door and wait for this guy to come in. And I really like this. Melody like carefully tilts a mirror. Uh, one of those full-length mirrors in the room to sh- reveal that when Richter walks in the room, he could see Leatherface around so the corner. so lucky mm-hmm. that that thing didn't slide and fall. Lucky, I liked it, and it leads to a fight between Richter and Leatherface. He gets his leg fucked up in this fight. It, yeah, Leather just goes, just whacks it with a hammer. It's I, fucking awesome. I do really love a good like leg split yep. in a movie, like whether it's this or this like Birds of one. Prey has a great one. Like just like take the leg. Move it somewhere else. Keep it attached. <laughs> I'm going to take the leg and move it somewhere else. Then he's going to stab his throat on a, a shard of glass. Richter knows he's dying, so he unhooks the, the car and bus keys from his belt and just, like, puts them out. Just like, hey, Melody, I see you under the bed. Well, after I die, get these when you can. Good luck. Smart move. A nice move. Should have done it earlier. Yes. But I could understand, like, okay, I'm going to give the bus keys to Catherine. I'll hold on to the car keys. Yep. And then, you know, that would make more sense. Yeah. But, but then no. Leatherface beats Richter to death. Yeah, caves his skull in with the same hammer. Wait for it's backup. Dope. It's it's dope. Wait for backup. Wait for backup. I will I will say to Richter's uh credit, the second he sees Dante's mutilated as fuck face, he immediately recognizes just how fucked everything's gotten and yep. tries to do something. Yep. Uh to his credit, he kinda hangs up the the douche nozzle hat pretty quickly, but... Tries to go into hero mode and yeah. fails, but he, he tries. He assumes he's the main character. He assumes he's the main character. Meanwhile, Catherine goes and gets on the bus and doesn't tell anybody anything. She's like, everybody sit on the bus. It's going to be fine. Just sit on the bus. Communication is key. Yeah. So sadly, she ends up finding the police van out in the woods. Or not in the woods, in the sunflower field. Rule number one, Sally. You're in a horror movie. You find all these bodies... I personally feel like Sally has been in a horror movie for 50 years sure. by her own her own mindset. Sure. Like I think she's been in been ready for this since she got driven away at the end of the first movie. And then she finds uh Ginny's body missing a face. Yeah. It's a gnarly shot. Guess who, Sally? Wait for backup. And then she gets the radio call like, hey, we got a report of a dead body in Harlow. Someone go check it out. We don't have an officer within sixty miles. So Sally's the only one for 60 miles. Okay, cool. You wait for people to drive 60 miles. Yep. You can do that in like 40 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Lila ends up getting off the bus, and Catherine gives no good reason why she should stay on the bus. Like, no, wait here. Why? <laughs> just just wait here. No. Stop. Police. Well, she needs to be Murder. doing something in this plot. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, She's been on the bus for like 30 minutes. She's supposed to be our final girl. Go do something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rule number nine, be careful what you say and how you say it, Catherine. Mm-hmm. So Lila finds Dante's body. Okay, Lila, rule one, our main character finally knows she's in a horror movie. Meanwhile, Melody, she's going to try and escape the house. She gets the keys, and Leatherface is in a room near the top of the stairs, so she doesn't want to go too close. So just like we saw recently in Don't Breathe 2, a mm-hmm. movie Jordan and I covered, she's going to try and climb over the railing down like the banister. Not quite as sneaky as Phoenix no. in Don't Breathe 2. Uh, she definitely, uh, the, the, the wood is creaky. Mm. Rule 26, don't give away your position. Leatherface appears at the top of the stairs and chucks a hammer into her fucking face, basically. She goes collapsing through the bottom of the steps into, like, a crawl space under the house. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. She should be dead. She should be dead. But, hey, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. So she's in the crawl space, and Leatherface starts, like, sawing through the floor to get at her. I love this sequence. It's so yeah, it is like funny. a shark fin when it comes through. Like, yep. it is very reminiscent so of the Jaws and whatnot. Cuts a sewer pipe at one point. Okay, yeah. So we know what Leatherface's preferred source of protein is. How much human do you think was in the shit that Melody got yeah. covered with? Yeah. You're getting hit with, with Leatherface's fecal matter yeah. all over your face. We also have to discuss the fact that if he's sawing the floor that much, that the floor all has to come down at some point. Yes. I, I mentioned this is horrible for the house's foundation. <laughs> yeah, because uh, there's no basement. It's the foundation we're is literally a basement. The, the foundation is the bricks it's standing on. <laughs> well, you just gotta sue Melody and get the money from them. <laughs> True, they'll fix it. It's fine. Do we have chainsaw in our insurance? <laughs> chainsaw damage in our insurance. Bubba got wild again. <laughs> so Lila's gonna help Melody escape in the crawl space. They move event. And they're they're out and they go run and get on the bus. Not the worst move. No, get on the bus. Get out of here. They get they they get the keys to the bus driver yep. who I will starts say, to drive away if you, the bus driver can probably operate that bus pretty well but mm-hmm. i don't i don't imagine anybody on the bus knows how to do a stick shift no you know maybe tell the bus driver like we need to leave now like with more urgency yeah, yeah. We, need, we need to leave now some maniac with a chainsaw is chasing me go 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 drive uh no they're just gonna go run to the back of the bus yeah with all the influencers who are getting drunk yeah so, uh, Leatherface is going to, like, slice a tire or something. We, we It's off screen. So, the bus comes to a stop. And the bus driver, without waiting for anyone to explain anything to him, just gets off the bus to go check it out and immediately dies. Yeah, he, he can hear a chainsaw in the scene. Why, why are you getting off the bus, man? You know what? For the bus driver, he might not have known he was in a horror movie, but, like, rule number 32, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. To, oh. Just chill. Also, everybody's... Seems to be stuck on that bus. There's the only way out is the front. Yep. There's no emergency exit on this bus. This is this is a bad who, bus. Who designed this shit? <laughs> this is a poorly designed bus. Lawsuits, lawsuits, lawsuits. Yes. So Leatherface is going to get on the bus in probably the best sequence of the movie. Easily. And he is going to go to town. All the, all the influencers take out their phones and like live stream this. <laughs> Try anything, you're canceled, bro. Which is a ridiculed line that in the trailer. And that's kind of what put people off on this movie pretty quickly but it's in the context of the scene it is like it knows yes like it's it's a knowing yeah yes. it's a wink it's a wink it's um, dumb it's fun it's yeah. dumb and then they get killed afterwards yeah. it's no, hilarious like, we're not immediately um, starts slicing people with the chainsaw and the cu- the hard cuts to the instagram live comment section is just comedy gold i will say that like the people getting up in arms about that sequence before, obviously before the kill, mm-hmm. is almost like we're supposed to, 
we're not supposed to be rooting for Leatherface in that moment. Like, if you're watching the trailer and you have an issue with that line, it's like, no, no, no. We want these people to die yeah. that are making these dumb jokes. Like, let them make the dumb jokes and then let them get hacked to bits. It's hilarious. Yep. So all of these people are going to, like, freeze up or half-heartedly tap on windows to try and break them. It's pathetic. And, and not only that, these windows open. And nobody opens the windows. <laughs> So collectively, it, so Catherine and well, the, the the it says to keep the window shut on every every bus says to keep the window shut. You might get yelled at by the bus driver. <laughs> yeah. So Catherine and all of the investor influencers are going to die here. Now, Lila and Melody are going to escape the bus. Everyone else dies. Rule number ten: Don't panic and do something else. If you all storm him at once, yeah, a couple you're going to get sliced open and die. But the rest of you won't. Use the chainsaw on him. They're all focused on their own survival, and as a result, none of them survive. Open the window. Break a window. Instead of just going, eh, eh, I'm mm-hmm. going like, to tap on it. But they have fingernails. They don't want to break. There's <laughs> got to be something here you can use like, to break the window. What are they going to use? Their phones? <laughs> Can't break those. Can't break those. Uh, you could even play dead in, in all the bodies. You could like hide in the other bodies and just like lay there and play dead. You could do that. Use another body to break the window. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Somebody's going to have a thick head. Just bash it. Just collectively, they all suck. They all get killed. Catherine eventually opens the window, tries to climb out, and gets cut in half in the process. Hilarious. So Lila freezes up and panics too, but Melody, the only person who keeps calm here, grabs Lila, pulls her into the bathroom at the back of the bus. Leatherface tries to get them. Uh, Melody ends up stabbing Leatherface in the hand or the arm with the corkscrew that she got at the beginning. Hey, Chekhov's corkscrew. Yay! And then they climb out through the skylight in the bus and escape. Okay, cool. Good job, Melody. Lila, I'm not going to give you much credit for this. This is all Melody. Um, The two of them start running away and Sally drives into town. Uh, they get in the back of their truck. Cool. We're safe. We're done. Nope. Sally wants to use them as bait <laughs> to kill Leatherface. Can't let you leave. Sorry. And they're, they're stuck in the back. He's after of you. The truck. <sighs> Sally, wait for backup. Don't be a menace either. Yeah, don't be a menace. You're putting innocent people at risk for your own fucking vendetta. Yeah. So, which is a good point. Rule number 31, put your ego aside. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't about your vendetta. Leatherface doesn't even remember you. Which she's about to learn. <laughs> This movie's so dumb to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's much more fun to watch than to talk Are about. Are you starting to see what I'm seeing? <laughs> no, I refuse. Are you saying that there's holes in this script? <laughs> someone, someone took a chainsaw out of this script. It's more of a visual film. <laughs> visual filmmaking. <laughs> so Sally goes and finds Leatherface and has him. Dead to right. She's got the gun pointed at him. Take the headshot right now. The movie is over. Except it's not. She starts naming off all the friends he killed. And then demands that she say her, uh, that he say her name. Say my name. Can I say that this is the worst move in the entire film? Yes. Yeah. 100%. Rule 22 is take the shot. There's never been a cleaner shot ever. No. <laughs> but no. Her stupid fucking ego and her, her goddamn main character complex. No. Here's what I'll say, though. If she did shoot him, I'm sure the movie would find a way to keep Leatherface alive. I mean, probably, but she even doesn't if, know that. Yeah. Even if his head exploded, he would still just run around like a chicken. <laughs> like, Oh, okay. You kill Leatherface. Great. Oh, Drayton's alive. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Chop Top's or here. Is the wrong Leatherface. <laughs> Leatherface is a twin brother. Oh, no. Gunnar Hansen's random Sawyer character from 3D is here. <laughs> So and that's when the movie snaps into 3D mode. Yep. <laughs> okay. So we have to get our glasses out. So as a cop, you're not supposed to shoot like unarmed people, right? Right. 
Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> gonna leave a little pause here. Let everybody sink that one in. A moment of silence. Let it, let that one sink in, everybody. He is going to. He's he's unarmed. He picks up his chainsaw. Great. Now you can shoot him. Yep. And she just lets him walk out of the room. Okay, bye. Yeah, she's she's so clouded by the fact that he just is pretending she's not there. She's feeling hurt in this moment because she's been ignored. For Sally Hardesty, the day she arrived at the Sawyer house and watched her friends get slaughtered before she herself was tortured both physically and mentally was the worst day of her life. But for Leatherface... It was Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Sally sucks. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, Sally's not great. Eventually, they're finally going to like, because Eliphas is going to go back to her after Lila and Melody, and Sally shoots him, and eventually they're going to have a fight in the street. Sa- Sally wastes all of her ammo. Most of it. Most of it. Stabs him, and then Leatherface runs her through with the chainsaw, and it's fucking awesome. Picks her up and just kind of shakes her on the blade. <laughs> Let's her rain. Yep. <laughs> so Sally's not dead, but she's going to die. She, she is much like uh, Dante. She is on her path to death and will have only a couple things she can do after this. We'll talk about her now. Rule number three, do your damn job and don't die in the process. Rule four, don't be a menace. Rule 12, wait for backup. Rule 22, take the shot. <laughs> rule 50, don't assume you're the main yeah, character. Rule 50, oh, don't assume you're the main character. Rule 31, put your ego aside. Rule 32, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Um, this is the longest streak of rule breaks we've had in a while. This is really bad. Rule 40, keep your yeah, distance. Yeah, I wonder who's going to win this. Hey, uh, Ryan, quick win question. Yep. I famously wasn't on the podcast for the first two Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. movies. Who won Pleb in the first movie? Uh, I believe it was Jerry. Okay. Yeah, the guy with the glasses. So we will avoid the first time occurrence of the same character played by different actors winning the same award. Yeah, yeah, we will avoid that. <laughs> to keep a list, like a Wikipedia list of all this stuff. I, I have a spreadsheet of all okay. of it. Okay. I, I, I do. Uh, yeah. I think I think that's it. Jesus Christ. It's, it's an absolute mess. Uh, front runner for Night of Living Pleb. Hashtag not my Sally. With about 10 minutes to go. <laughs> so Melody now has the... Okay, and before she died, she tossed Melody the keys to the car. And she's like, get the fuck out of here. You guys yep. can go now. I know where Leatherface is. Don't need you anymore. All right, Melody, drive away. No, she's she's going to try and kill Leatherface. She's going to use her car as a weapon, which is rule number 39. Use your car as a weapon. And Leatherface is going to yeet his chainsaw at them. <laughs> it doesn't really do anything. It just kind of bounces off. So Melody swerves and crashes the car and gets impaled on, like, some rebar. God damn it. Just but not leave. fatally. But not fatally. Not fatally. Nope. Get out. You could have just driven away. So Leatherface is coming. Uh, Lila's going to try and, like, shoot him. Because Melody tells her to run. She gets the gun. She's going to try and shoot him. Left the safety on. You get a lock and load. I understand why she doesn't know how to use a gun. Yeah. Because of the really complex plot of her being yes. a school shooting survivor and so she has to run away leatherface nearly kills her but sally shoots leatherface with like her dying breath it's like don't don't run away yeah she told them to get away <sighs> Dude, and then is now saying her. no go kill him go don't kill listen him. to sally don't, don't listen, listen to sally such bad advice Good Lord. uh so she dies she gives lila you know lila gets the gun from her hopefully this one's got the safety off and it's freshly Lila, loaded we do know that Lila's gonna go hunt her down uh, Leatherface down you've like never used a gun before you've no idea what we're doing and yet you're gonna go hunt down Leatherface what a great plan just leave uh, so we get the final showdown in this old like theater with a pool of water in the middle of it for some reason Leatherface actually leaves his chainsaw running and he uses that as bait and so he can get the jump on her when she like finds the running chainsaw really cool love that Lila's smart yep but basically kind of a long drawn out fight Lila definitely drops her weapon at one point 
Rule seven. Don't leave your weapon behind. Firmly grasp it. But Melody is going to come in. She's going to get free from the impalement. She might bleed out from that. Yep. Hopefully, but she's alive right now. Proper wound management is important when uh, you're pulling uh, stuff out. Of you. She's got adrenaline to help her right now. Yeah, but as soon as that wears off, she's going to bleed to death. Rule 46, proper wound management. Look, you stupid bastard. You've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look. Just a flesh wound. You know what? In the span of this movie, her sacrifice means infinitely more than her life. It's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a mo- uh, multiverse of madness reference, right? Um, also, Spider-Man: No Way Home. That's where it was first mm-hmm. set, but then they mm-hmm. used it a ton in Multiverse of Madness. Lila gets the gun. She shoots Leatherface a couple of times, runs out of ammo, and then finally Melody gets the chainsaw and like hits him in the face with it. Yeah, slices it right up the body. Really kind of cool-ish. It's cool, but how about you follow rule six and double tap? Yeah. Um, okay, they watch him submerge beneath the water. Yeah, you don't want to go down there and double the tap. The only thing I could think of is if they would have just stuck around for five more minutes to make sure he doesn't come up because you can reasonably assume someone who's underwater for five minutes drowned. Yeah, make it seven because I believe the world record is seven okay. minutes. Okay, we'll wait for ten minutes. Okay, cool. If he doesn't come back up, we can safely assume he's dead barring uh, hidden exit ways underneath the water. Rule 33, never assume you're safe. Exactly. And maybe go for more of a kill shot instead of just, like, nicking the face. Yep. Maybe shove it right through his fucking chest. Sure. Or decapitate. Yeah. But realistically, Leatherface would be dead. Sure. So it's all over. Lila and Melody, they get in their car. They start up the auto drive. Was that set up in the beginning? It was. Okay. They, they, it was very subtle. But when they were dr- when the group of four was driving to Harlow, Dante does set the autopilot. Okay. And I I can't remember if it shows up on the screen or if it's just a sound cue. But I did pick that up in this watch through. They do establish it. I only picked it up because I remember the ending. Yeah. There, there really isn't a reason for it except for just having the excuse of having like a cool last shot. Yeah. Hilarious. Which it's a, it is a cool last shot. And I love when you use modern technology in, in horrific ways. Yeah. So they're in the car. Uh, they got the auto drive set. They're about to leave. And as the car starts moving, Leatherface appears, grabs Melody, pulls her out, decapitates yeah. her. All while uh, Layla goes up through the sunroof and is just forcefully taken away from Harlow yep. with nothing she can do to stop it. And Leatherface is just like holding Melody's head, just like mocking her. And yep. As as we want to point out here, it is reminiscent of the last shot, last scene of the original film where Sally's in the pick pick pickup bed screaming. It and, is and with the Texas, twist and, Texas, and there's a twist and, and of. Ryan, we've recently watched through all these movies. It is the best recreation of that shot we've seen. Yeah, I agree. It's not better than the first one, no, but God I, no. I enjoy the modern twist. So, Melody, she assumed she was safe in the end. That's what took her down. And so, Lila just gets driven away from the movie. And she lives. Yep. And then there's a post credit scene with Leatherface returning to the house from the first movie. And oh, that man. is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. What a film. Who will survive and what will be left of them? Well, let's let's just see what happens to Lila, I guess. I guess. No new rules. I, I, I don't believe that we will get a sequel let's to this. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. I want more. I'm sure we'll get more Texas Chainsaw. I don't... I, I'm not so certain. Not so certain that we'll get a You're continuation not confident? of this one. I'm pretty sure we'll get another Legacy sequel. Can't wait. Probably. Because this is what the... Third well, they better fucking hurry sequel? because they're running out of time for both Leatherface and Sally to be How alive. How many times have they restarted the timeline? We're still at the center of space. 
Um, let's see. They restarted it. Remake is one. Uh, seven. 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 First it, movie, 3D. So this would be the third time they restarted it. Uh, it depends. Do you count three and four as individual restarts of the timeline? They don't. The well, movies themselves don't, even though they make no how many, sense. Okay. How many Texas Chainsaw 2s are there unofficially and officially? Three. Three. It would be two. 3D. Uh, yeah. And then the prequel. Nope, two 3D in this one. The prequel would be a prequel, not Texas Chainsaw 2. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yep. The multiverse of Leatherface. The multiverse of madness. Leatherface and the multiverse of madness. You know, there's a a timeline out there where Doctor Strange and Leatherface squared off. Yep. Mm -hmm. So let's get into the awards. First, we're giving awards to this film? Absolutely. (laughs) Randy Meek's Spirit Badge goes to the character who did the best job at following the rules. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Of course, based off Randy from Scream, this is a tough one. I would like to nominate Herb, who passed off the information to Sally and proceeded to fuck off. Yeah, Jacob? I like that a lot. If we're giving it to characters that had, like, three seconds of screen time, then how can I not agree? I will say that, like, characters that stuck around throughout the entire thing, if, you know, if Melody didn't make that kind of dumb choice not to just leave when she could, like, she follows the rules better than anybody of the main cast. Of the main yes. cast. And right. she does a lot of really good things. So I just want to throw that out there as just, like, For sure. if we're giving, like, a, a someone that actually put in the work... Sure. Yeah. Then, then that would be her. Otherwise, otherwise, yeah. If we're if we're bringing it to the most literal case I of this award, I'm not going to argue with that because I am very inconsistent on my nominations. I will often go for someone who puts in the work, but then sometimes I'll stick to the people who follow the the Halloween gold standard and just refuse to enter the movie. Yeah. So I'm really inconsistent. I'm not going to argue with you because I love your logic. There, we'll leave it to the po- the host, Ryan. I'll give an honorable mention to Melody. Yeah, we're giving it to her. Man. Okay, <laughs> but I will also say that Leatherface is exempt from both of these awards because yeah. nothing that he does or doesn't do won't keep him alive in this movie. <laughs> right. I don't like giving him to villains. Typically, I, there have been occasions where we well, will. Well, you owe apologies to Robert England then, because you gave it to Freddie, and I, I will never I, forgive you for I that. I did it for Nightmare on <laughs> Street 3, and I stand by it. But then you gave it to him for uh, the good one, for New, New yes. Nightmare. Yeah. Robert England has one yeah. both. Robert England himself has one, mm. Freddie has the other. Yes. So, uh, yeah, Herb, because he just like. He passed on the information and stayed the fuck out of the horror movie that's happening down the road. Nope, we're not, we're not going there. Herb wins the Randy Meeks Merit badge. Uh, moving on to Night of Living Pleb, which goes to the character who did the worst job at following the rules. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant! They're coming for you, Barbara. Do either of you have any pitch to draw out the length of the podcast and pretend that it's not Sally? <laughs> nope. Okay. No, no, okay. I mean, short answer, yeah, it's Sally. <laughs> But, you know, a lot of characters in this movie are contenders. I mean, even yes. even Lila is a contender, even though she's our main character. Everyone on the bus. And it sucks because, you know, when you're watching... And, and this happens with any movie, no matter what the genre, especially horror. If you're watching a movie that has, an, has a character played by an actress or an actor that you like a lot, and the character is just not doing what you want them to do on the screen. Like Elsie Fisher is such a talented young actress and you know, she's amazing in eighth grade and she's been doing really great work on Barry this season. Um, And to see her in this and then just playing like a character that is just such a, you know, just a boring 
cliched kind of lead that has a traumatic backstory that's borderline offensive and like i feel like, like she did the best with the material she was given. yeah she that's the thing is that you're watching you're like why are you in this yeah <laughs> like, you're better than this you're better than but this. hey uh, she got paid she got paid she did she got that bread yeah, um, you know no worry no, you know, it's never anything gets the actors and actresses yeah it's like um, it's the writing but it's sally and i'm not even going to yeah. argue i'm just going to tell you to rewind to when ryan read off the massive list of rule breaks but Ooh. who who is a second place really I think we could throw in the bus driver. Everyone on the bus. Yeah. And Richter is an option. Dante, for his brash assumption that he owned this house, sure. kind of kicked off the entire movie. We can throw a lot of criticism at the bank, Dante. Actually, know. yeah, I'm going to go back to what I mentioned in the beginning. Let's give it to the bank holder who didn't warn them hey, there is two properties not included in this. These are the addresses. Dishonorable Let's mention. do that. We're giving it to Sally, but that is a dishonorable mention. Okay. Yeah. Sally is, holy shit, the winner of the Night of Living Plebs. Where she's, does she rank in terms of plebs so far? Is the worst. she Not the worst. They're no. still the main girl from Shaun of the Corn 6. Okay. Oh, okay. But, but you've named the award after Barbara. Yeah, which so we like, haven't covered on the podcast yet. Right. Is, Barbara, is Barbara going to win the Night of the Living Pleb, or is she going to pull a well, Randy Meeks well, and not win her mm-hmm. namesake award? I was going to say. That's the question, isn't it? That is the big question. When we get to it, we'll find out. Mm. So anyway, Sally wins the Night of the Living Pleb. She's not living anymore. Holy crap, was that a fall from grace. She, she was the honorable mention for the Randy Meeks Merit Badge in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Holy shit, fall from grace. Yes. All right, so that's the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. Texas Chainsaw Series. Can, can I just say that while talking through this movie, I've liked it just a like a hair less. <laughs> like, I, I will say, I it is, agree. It is, it is l- way less fun to talk about than it, than it is to watch. Which is rare for the podcast, because yeah. normally some of these shitty movies, we have a lot more fun talking about it. Mm-hmm. And um, this one, and I still know what you did last summer, are like the two that come to mind where it's like, I like the movie more than talking it through, because like, then the logicals appear... Oh, how the turntables turn. The men who were supposed to bully me into liking this, I brought them to my side of the table. Yeah, you won this podcast. I did did like it better on the second rewatch because I had a better atmosphere the first time. It was just my wife and I, and we just watched it very surface level. Watching it with Ryan's enthusiasm for the dumb bullshit did bring it up from a one and a half to a two for me. I'll say. But I have convinced them that it is shitty. It is, a, it is a drunk six. <laughs> and and because I do point fives, even, even on a score of 10, because that just helps me yes, rank things 100%. Better, that I have brought it down to a 5.5 because it is a zero for the script. <laughs> yep. And it is a it is an eight for just the 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 kind of the talent of of horror filmmaking. Yeah. Not not like in a not in like a you know an Ari Aster kind no, of way, but like no. no, just like in a There's you know you're watching like a, yeah like you're watching a midnight movie and uh, you're in a crowd full of th- people like in a theater yeah. and you're just a lot of neon splashes of color yep. and and gore and blood and and you're just kind of in that headspace or in that right vibe. It works. In that in that yeah. sense, no. There's some really solid lighting and color options. Yep. Yeah. Great shots. Yep. And it is the, phenomenal kills, which is, I think is one of the highest praises you can put on a horror movie, especially a slasher. Yeah. And I'll say that it's maybe the best looking Texas Chainsaw movie since the original. Although yeah. I will say that you know, with the re- first remake, the 2003 remake, the first has, remake has some look. very inventive shots. Well, it it's does. The same cinematographer for the original and the remake. 
Yeah, that would explain it. Yeah, yeah. same guy. Rich both. But he gets to. He got to do more yeah. in the mm-hmm. in the remake. Technology, Technology was better was for the better. remake. That remake is very good looking. You know, I do appreciate Jordan's uh, talking about my, my enthusiasm for all the dumb bullshit, bringing the the your enjoyment up. Because Derek said something. I watched Pacific Rim with him, and I'd never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And my enthusiasm for all the dumb That's monster dumb parts. bullshit. The movie, well, dumb yes. bullshit, especially <laughs> in the theater. Uh, Derek told me it was a very fun experience to yes, watch. No, with Ryan, me. You, even with bad movies, you are a fun person to watch a movie with. I just love movies, and you know what? I am an enthusiast of dumb bullshit. Cool. So Texas Chainsaw's off the wheel now for maybe I'm free. For good. Maybe for good. I'm free again. <laughs> I did it again. No reservations for Jordan this time. I nope. got it last time and I'm okay with that. What did I reserve? I forgot. Last horror movie. Oh yes, I love that movie. Love that movie. So that means something else is going on the wheel. Even though the wheel of spooks is still in quarantine, I think for a couple more weeks I'll leave it there yep. and I'm just gonna you know record. Safety. Safety, we're just going to record who is available and who's not sick and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Sorry, listeners, this is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, so no wheel right now, um, but Psycho is going Ooh, on the wheel. Oh, I'm excited for this. The Psycho okay. series. I'm very excited for the Psycho remake. That will be the shortest podcast ever. <laughs> um, just, just look at your old notes. Pretty much. <laughs> going to argue that when we get to the two Carrie remakes, it's going to be even short. It's going to be another contender for short, yeah. but probably not as short as a shot for shot remake. And I'm talking, they they will probably, both of those, probably less than 20 minutes. Can you please just re-release the Psycho podcast with like a couple spliced in sound bites about Vince Vaughn jerking off? Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what it'll be. No, literally when we get to the Psycho remake, it's going to be just focusing on like, okay, what are the differences between the two movies and should should we change the awards? Is there Fair any, enough. That's that's what it'll. Is be. that what we're gonna do with Carrie as well? Yeah, that's what we'll do with the Carrie cool. remake too. It'll it'll be real quick. Nice. It'll be a nice easy week for me in terms yes. of editing. <laughs> um, so Psycho's on the wheel right now. I I don't know what'll be next because next week is Memorial Day. I'm taking that weekend off. Yep. And I think after that, tentatively, Prom Night Three: The Last Kiss is going on because okay. I think Josh is coming to visit. How many of the Prom Night movies is Jamie Lee in? Because I've only seen the first one. Oh, yeah, cool. I've seen the only one that matters. Then, well, the second one's better. Oh, is it? Yeah, I, 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 dude, you would love the second one. Mm. It, it's a Nightmare on Elm Street ripoff. Jamie Lee. It, no, I, I second one is way better than the first mm. one. I'm telling you, just because it is. Nightmare on Elm Street ripoff. Okay, if you're gonna rip off a slasher movie, Nightmare on Elm Street's the one to do. Okay, they got really creative with it, and it wasn't originally supposed to be a prom night sequel. They could have done a Nightmare on Elm Street ripoff with Jamie Lee. That's all sure, I'm saying. They could have. They could have. It's it is its own thing completely. Highly recommend Prom okay. Night. Okay, Prom Night Three is a comedy. It is. It, it's basically almost a parody of the first two movies. So we'll, we'll have fun with that one. Jacob, what do you want to torture Ryan with yes. for making you sit through this? Jacob, since he came I'm on for this, I'm not going to torture Ryan with anything. Jordan I, I, already uh, reserved something when we did Leatherface. Yep, I did. I, Jacob I, gets to reserve Because something. here's the thing. If I had to pick something to torture Ryan with, then I would also be torturing myself. I wish I kept that logic when I was spiteful and Ryan made me watch uh, the two Leprechaun movies, In the Hood and Back to the Hood. Yeah. And as a punishment, I'm making Ryan sit through all the Resident Evil movies. I'm, I have no, like... Uh, self-preservation instincts because I, I'm gonna have to sit through them with you but it's like I, it's gonna be like I'm getting beat to shit and looking over at you while you're also getting beat to shit and be like haha fuck you well if I if I am going to pick something and I have been th- okay I have thrown out suggestions for not months years at Ryan multiple different instances of oh we should do that or you gotta do this one you gotta do this one I wanna do this one and there have been a lot of different yeah, different vibes, I should say. Some of them are like horror, obviously, and some of them are horror adjacent. Mm-hmm. And they've you know, thrown out a few different suggestions. At some point, when I do get to suggest something, not now, but 
maybe sometime this year, I will pick the Disney Channel original movie, Don't Look Under the Bed, <sighs> which is one of the scariest things that Disney has ever released for can you, children. Can you also make him do Fan of the Megaplex? Yeah. I don't know what these are. Oh, you missed out on a you great run okay. of Disney Channel movies that were, for one, Don't Look Under the Bed is... Um, Horrifying. Was banned. Oh, Oh, that sounds fun. It aired for a few years until parents complained, and then Disney pulled it and have never put it back on Disney Channel mm-hmm. for um, for repeat viewing. But it is on Disney Plus. So, but that is that is a suggestion that I will pick one time. Okay, not right now because I want to kind of keep in theme of this month here, and one that I have been meaning to rewatch, but kind of held off for whatever reason. I thought I was going to maybe save it for Halloween, but because I recently went and covered a few bases of Sam Raimi movies that I hadn't seen. So I've seen all the Sam Raimi movies. I just, I just, I knocked out like maybe five of them that I hadn't watched. The one that I will pick for this podcast that I'm pretty sure has not been picked yet. Cause I don't think any Sam Raimi movies have been picked. Uh, Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Okay. So what I will pick is uh, a film that I, gladly got to see in ninth grade in theaters because I was old enough and it was PG-13, which is one of the gnarliest PG-13 movies that I've ever seen in a theater. Drag me to hell. Yes! <laughs> yes! Someone's doing it! I, I've not seen it, but I tried to watch it with my wife the other day and we had to turn it off because she was getting so grossed out. It is a gross, gross, How the gross fuck is movie. that PG-13? Sam, you because they don't bastard. say the f word, <laughs> so, they almost never say the f word. But there is a there is a unrated cut that adds like five seconds of her killing a cat and oh, blood Jesus. goes everywhere. Nice. And I think that's what was gonna push it to R, and they just cut the cat scene out. Okay. Well, you were the one who made me watch the movie the first time. I've only seen it once, and it was with you. Yep. And I've seen it many times, but it has been such a long yeah. time since I've seen it that I do want to go back to it. Here's what's funny is I have that movie on my shelf, and I was just looking through my list of horror movies uh, the other day, and I was just like, oh, you know, who would I have as my guest? If no one reserves it, who would I put on? I was going to put you on for Dream yeah, yeah, Hell anyway. Yeah, of course. I think, I think Jacob's the biggest Sam Raimi fan either of us know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, again, no idea what we're going to do, be doing next week, so stay tuned for that. Uh, guys, thanks for being on this. Happy Thank to be you. here. You guys want to plug anything, social media, books that you may have written? Yeah. I did write one. You wrote it's two. It's on Amazon, yep. Um, just look up my name on Amazon, Jacob Colness. I wrote a book called Broken Silence if you want to read something horror. Uh, also, my Twitter and letterbox accounts at Jacob Colness, J K O B K O L N E S S. Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd is all at RaiRaiMovieGuy. I do highly recommend checking out Letterboxd if you don't have an account. And if you do have an account, please follow me and I'll follow you back and we'll have fun film talk. Um, and then also uh, still doing the reviews and news at GBA Temp under my just normal name, Jordan Ryan. I'll, I'll get a letterbox one of these days here. Please get I'm, a letterbox, man. It'll help you keep organized. Yep. Well, you and Kendall need a letterbox. Especially with this, if you had a, if you had a how-to horror letterbox account. I have a list on my letterbox that is every film I've covered on this podcast. Oh, nice. I should do it for every movie you covered on the podcast. You should. Oh, my God. You genuinely should. I could do it. Letterboxd is like the ideal social media for this podcast. I could do one for each series and then one for Mm -hmm. all of them. You could rank the movies on there when you watch it the first time. And then when you rewatch it for the podcast, you could rank it with the primary rule breaks as a little exclusive (laughs) for the Letterboxd followers. So stay tuned. I'll be getting one of those someday. I'll let you know when. 
And I'll use it more than the Instagram account I have for please, this. Please. Please do. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at HowToHorror. That's how the number two horror. Guys, thank you so much. This was really fun. Thanks for just making us watch it again. Because I thought that welcome. this was just going to be a one and done for me. You are welcome. <laughs> Back in January, I thought this was a one and done. <laughs> nope. LOL. I wanted Ryan to fast track it in January because I had all those thoughts yeah. rattling around in my head and no one to yell at them with. <laughs> you know, Derek once upon a time thought he was only ever going to have to watch Halloween 5 once. <laughs> all right this has been the how to survive a horror movie podcast stay safe out there